are talking with Cami Sterling, first grade teacher and curriculum coordinator at Brevard Academy in Brevard, North Carolina. We talk about the challenges created by having to be in the classroom full time and also being tasked to support teachers in the implementation of core knowledge with fidelity. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our latest edition of the Building Knowledge Podcast. Today, I have with me Cammie Sterling. Cammie comes to us from Brevard Academy in Brevard, North Carolina. Cammie is a first grade teacher, but she is also the curriculum coordinator at Brevard. Cammie, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. The first thing I'd like you to do is, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your school, Brevard Academy, and really like, what is your role? What does it mean to be also a class, a classroom teacher, and then also the curriculum coordinator? So um, Brevard Academy is a K-8 public charter school. Um, we are in Western North Carolina, just pretty much steps from Pisgah National Forest. Um, we started about, and this was before me, but um, the school about 25 years ago, um, almost 25 years ago. Um, and the first about probably, um, you know, 15 plus years, we operated in a very small um, summer camp property. Um, and so we were a pretty small school. We couldn't grow a lot. Um, we were kind of... Um, hooked into how small our little summer camp buildings were. Uh, we also had to pack in and out and every year. So put loaded our school up onto 18 wheelers um, at the end of every school year. And then the 18 wheelers would roll back in at the beginning of the school year and we'd put it all back in. Um, so about six years ago, I guess, we moved into our permanent location, um, which is actually in Pisgah Forest, which is just right next door to Brevard, but um, very close. Um, so we grew a lot after our move. So now we're about 420 students um, and we serve uh, Transylvania County, Buncombe County, Hendersonville uh, or Henderson County. So we kind of serve a few different uh, communities and groups where we are now. Um, Core Knowledge has been with us from the beginning. It was part of our original charter. It's part of our mission. Um, so it's definitely been a very constant uh, thing for our school. So it's been really good. Um, let me see, Asher, your second part of that question was core knowledge coordinator. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here to offer support to the teachers to kind of just help the school um, to stay with its mission. Um, our mission is, you know, to prepare students to achieve academic excellence um, through the core knowledge curriculum. So just kind of leading, leading teachers and and classrooms with that and helping them, helping them navigate, you know, the sequence. So so you're also one of the first grade teachers mm -hmm. and you have, you have had that role for many years. Yeah. Um, so how do you balance all that? How are you a full-time classroom teacher with 
a bunch of six-year-olds that you're responsible, you know, to grow their little minds and implement core knowledge, but then also support teachers. And I know your staff has varying degrees of experience with core knowledge. You have, you'll have newbies and then you'll have people that, you know, have 10 plus years experience. So how do you balance all that? Um, I usually start the year helping with some professional development. So we're doing that next week and, you know, doing some uh, training for the new staff every year. Um, I am available emails. I have a lot of teachers just drop in during the day. Um, it doesn't mean I can always sit with them, but I can say, I'll get back to you. <laughs> Let me find out your, you know, or let's, you know, come up with a different time. I meet with a lot of teachers after school or, um, you know, I have a wonderful assistant. Um, and so she's great. If my kids are having snack, I might run to somebody's room if they needed me. Um, so I am blessed to have to have that full-time assistant that can kind of help me out in that area. Um, I we we try and hopefully uh, we're gonna be getting back to that um, is for me to take a day or um, a day a month or a day, even a quarter. Um, where they get a sub for me and then I'm available to meet with teachers during planning or go into their rooms and kind of see if they have questions or what they need. So hopefully this year as we're, you know, getting out of COVID and getting back to a more normal routine that that can happen again. So. So um, you mentioned that Cornellage has been part of Brevard Academy for 25 years since it's um, since they opened its doors. So you've seen, you know, what it looks like to use Cornellage, just the sequence. And then we started adding all these curricular materials. And I want to focus on CKLA. Um, how do you deal with pacing? with CKLA in particular? So, I mean, definitely that's part of our beginning of the year. You know, we we map everything out. We're still making a, you know, each grade level team works together to do a year at a glance or a pacing guide for the year. Um, and just kind of mapping everything out, putting everything down. Um, that, you know, uh, sometimes uh, they're, uh, especially I would say in the last few years with COVID, there's been a lot of, you know, seeing what, not what we can not teach, but what we can kind of combine together, but trying as well to stay, you know, we want to teach with fidelity. We want to, you know, stick with um, the order, you know, all of those things. So it's just, um, you know, making a plan at the beginning of the year, sticking with it as much as we can, but also knowing that, you know, we might have to change things or we might have to reevaluate. Um, that's part of that, you know, me meeting with teachers or being available to teachers to kind of look, um, you know, mid-year or um, whenever to look at our pacing guide and to make sure we're, we're where we need to be and you know, we're going to get to what we need to get to before the end of the year. Um, I would say last year, we spent a lot of time reviewing and catching students up. And um, so teachers more than ever, were doing a lot of differentiation, a lot 
more differentiation. So finding a balance, you know, uh, to make sure we have all the, we cover all the new material as well as going back and reviewing things that students might have missed, you know, in previous years or, uh, you know, previous, maybe they were homeschooled or maybe they were, you know, coming in from a different school that wasn't teaching CKLA. So. So I have a follow-up to that and you sort of answered thinking about, um, do your students stay with you from kinder through eighth grade or do you have a lot of transient students? And then how do you deal with that, with catching students up, not only with like CKLA in terms of skills, but also knowledge gaps? Right. I would say, um, I don't know our percentage, but um, uh, we do not have a constant group that stays K-8. We lose, you know, three or four, um, maybe four or five per grade level each year, which means we get a new, you know, four or five, uh, depending on the grade, you know. Um, so we are, we definitely are um, working to keep those or to make sure those kids don't have gaps. Um, so in the younger grades, we're doing a lot of, you know, we assess, but we also, um, you know, we do a lot of review of past materials. We've had some great interventionists that have can pull students and work with them. So CKLA is, um, you know, helps with that because we're all teaching it and, you know, we can see what students from grade to grade, what students should know. Um, but it is still, it's still something we discuss every year, you know, how to make sure that those new students coming in or um, are where they need to be and are have all the knowledge that they need to have to be successful. So, so I want to switch, switch gears for a minute. Um, how do you get parents invested in core knowledge? Like, how do you get them on, on board and on the train whether they're starting with a kindergartner or those students that are coming in um, and they've never heard of core knowledge. They have no idea what this is. I would say to keep them informed is probably the biggest thing. Um, What are we learning about? What are we, you know, what is our mission? Um, And letting them know from the beginning that, you know, we, we do teach core knowledge. That is our curriculum. And you know, um, and we, and we do that K-8. Um, we also, um, you know, sending out parent emails and newsletters of what we're doing in the classroom, um, core knowledge nights. Uh, so, you know, we have, a, a, a usually two or three core knowledge nights throughout the year, different grade levels for each, um, there they can show their parents what they're learning and, um, and, and the kids are usually excited. They want to share. They want, you know, their parents usually know what they're working on um, because the kids are excited about, you know, learning about ancient Egypt or, you know, some of the other topics that they get to learn about. Um, we also, you know, our new parents that are coming through, like we have um, our domains in our hallway where 
you know, whoever's taking them on a tour or, you know, showing them around can show them that these are, you know, the domains that they learn about in each grade level and what they're going to be studying about. We've done things like, you know, putting our, putting a big, you know, what they learn in each grade level um, on our website. Um, we have information about core knowledge on our website. So just making sure that parents are informed so that they know, you know, that, that this is what we teach. So. So finally, what advice would you give to other core knowledge curriculum coordinators who are also full-time classroom teachers? Because it's not unusual for us to see, especially in smaller schools, that the, that people have these dual roles. Um, it's it's okay to not know all of the answers. It's okay to tell a teacher, you know, let me find out that for you, or let me get back to you. Let me do a little research. Um, you know, uh, a lot of times because I am in the classroom, they'll come in and it's not a great time. Or I'll be like, send me an email and I will definitely answer. So it's okay to get back with teachers. It's okay um, to, you know, tell them that, um, that, you know, you'll do your research and get back with them. I know that, um, from experience, you know, I, I sometimes have to work on managing my time, uh, and that can be hard. Um, and I want to make sure that, that teachers don't feel like I am not available for them to come to because I am teaching. Like I still want them to be able to come and talk to me. And so it's just finding those times when we can do that. Um, some of those days where if they can get a sub for my class and I have a little more time to go in and see them and go to their classrooms, that that kind of helps in that situation too. So it's just, it's okay to, you know, to tell, to tell and to have you know the other teachers know that you know you will get back with them um I you know I've taught core knowledge for many years I absolutely love it so you know just sharing that with teachers as well and just letting them know like my passion for it and why I love it um but as well as you know I've taught first grade for a long time and and I feel like I I know what I'm teaching, but I also can change it up and meeting, you know, the different needs of the classes that come in and definitely the last few years, you know, learning how to pivot and teach, you know, what we're teaching in the classroom and online and, you know, just those different things. So um, being flexible, um, you know, looking at my pacing guide and making sure that, um I'm covering what I need to cover, but I'm also being flexible in whatever the situation is. Uh, yeah, I always think that flexibility is, is the key. And that goes for whether you're in a charter school, a traditional public school, a private school, anything in education, you better be flexible um, because it just amazed me when everything shut down on March 13th. 2020, almost every school went back that mm -hmm. I know of that Monday. And somehow teachers figured out how 
to start teaching students online. And it just amazed me. So kudos to you and every, everybody else out there who did that. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time to share some of your experiences with our listeners. I really appreciate it, Cami. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me.